It's Daily Thunder, booming out the truth of Jesus Christ live every weekday morning from the Ellerslie campus in Windsor, Colorado. To learn more, visit ellerslie.com. This is episode two in my series called The Muscular Christian. Uh, for those of you that hang out with uh, Eric Ludi a lot, uh, you know that I love titles, and I love the title of this series, The Muscular Christian. So, Eric, what do you want to be? I want to be a muscular Christian. I want to be an athletic Christian. I want to be a manly Christian. Yeah, that about says it. And so this entire series just sort of speaks the language of my soul, and I hope it encourages you to. And I don't think it's just a man thing. I, I think... There is something in Scripture that is universal. It's sort of like, as a man in Christ, I am called the bride of Christ. Okay, it's a little awkward, right? But as a woman, which I'm not, right? But a woman that is a believer, she has to sort of learn to be a man. I know that sounds really strange, but she has to learn to exemplify the man, Christ Jesus. And so it's this funny thing that we go through and sort of learning our place in all of this and recognizing that that gender that God has defined is a revelatory device of his kingdom. And so this is a manly sort of message. This is the manly dimension of the Christian life that is very, very important to the muscularity of our revelatory uh, use as believers. So this is part two. And, okay, guys, you're going to love this title, Andridzomai. You even need to say it sort of with a lower uh, tone to your voice, Andridzomai, because it has a, a very, very significant meaning. And, I mean, get this. What it actually means is be a man. That's what it means. And Paul is going to say this to the church of Jesus Christ. You could say it to the bride of Christ, be a man, Andridzomai. And it could also mean be manful or be full of all that a man is required to be full of. And so uh, I love this word. So let's begin to unpack this message because when we're talking about the muscular Christian, this isn't just a man thing. It is a woman thing too. It's anyone who is in Christ is called to endridzomai. It is a commission that we are to rise up and behave as the man would. Well, so who is the man? Well, his name is Jesus Christ. How did he behave? Well, just look at the cross, and you're going to see how the man behaved. You see, in the very moment of testing, he rose up, and he didn't fall to pieces, but he actually strengthened himself in the Lord. And even though there was great temptation upon him to forsake his commission, he gave himself into the hands of his God. He surrendered himself under the Father's leading. And he experienced great trauma of body and soul and emotion. And yet through it all, he brought about salvation. You see, this is a miniature. Uh, well, that's a huge picture of what we are a miniature. It's probably a better way of saying it. We are a small picture of that. And that's what this word is depicting. It's like, yeah, like that. So listen to 1 Chronicles 12, 8. And of the Gadites, there separated themselves unto David, men of might and men of war fit for the battle, that could handle shield and buckler, whose faces were like the faces of lions, and were as swift as the rose upon the mountains. I, maybe I'm an unusual sort of character, but there are certain scriptures that when I read them, they stir me. This has like a poetry, a manly poetry to it. That if you were to say, Eric, what sort of believer do you want to be? I would want to be 
like one of the Gadites that separated themselves unto David, that were men of might, that were men of war fit for the battle, that could handle shield and buckler, maybe I should say this, that could handle spiritual shield and spiritual buckler, whose faces were like the faces of lions, which I, to be honest, I'm not exactly sure if that means they actually looked like lions, you know, with, uh, you know, the sort of the mouth and the, the whiskers and all that, or sort of that intensity of a lion and were as swift as the rose upon the mountains. I mean, that is just one of the greatest enunciations of the Christian life right there. Lord, make me a Gadite that is separated unto you for the commission of being one of your mighty men. I mean, that is so exciting. So I have a video that it was it actually came out a long time ago, but you could look it up. It's called The Ancient War Cry. And in that, I sort of debut this ancient phrase, uh, almost like, you know, when a basketball team comes together at midcourt before the game and they, they all stick their hands in and they do their little shout. That's sort of like this, but for ancient Israel. And it was their war cry. Rock Hasak. <laughs> Did I just do that? Rock Hasak. Boy, that, I blew it. I had this great opportunity to share a war cry with you. They didn't speak it like that first version of it. It was Rock Hasak. And I'm, I'm sure I'm not even saying it the way they would. So even my first version, who knows? Maybe it was actually closer. But this is the ancient war cry of Israel. And it's just a really powerful statement that ironically you know and have read probably many times in your life. In fact, many of you, you know, your favorite scripture is like Joshua 1.9, which is actually the ancient war cry. It's just that we translate it, and so we don't get the ancient war cry. I mean, you say that to a, an Israelite soldier, and their knuckles turn white. They just reach for their sword immediately. This is a call to battle. This is a call to stand. This is a call to be a man. And so for us, it doesn't translate that way because we don't even understand it. But let's unpack it a little because it's going to debut in Deuteronomy 11.8. Therefore, you shall keep all the commandments which I command you this day, that you may be strong. And that's that word for kasak. And go in and possess the land whither you go to possess it. And then in Deuteronomy 31.6, you see, this is like Moses' final speech, his last gasp. And this is one of the final chapters before the Israelites are going to cross the Jordan into the land of promise. And so God is, you know, fitting them and readying them. And first of all, it's going to be spoken to the entire nation. Be strong and of good courage. Rock kasak. Fear not, nor be afraid of them. For the Lord thy God, he it is that does go with you. He will not fail you, nor forsake you. And so that concept to be strong and of good courage is actually the ancient war cry of the Israelites. Now, what's interesting is if you were to take that little phrase, which is kasak uh, and amats in the Hebrew, and why it ends up being translated as rock kasak throughout history is the ancient war cry, I can't tell you that. However, if you were to take that and you were to look at the Septuagint, which is the Greek translation of the Old Testament, that very phrase would be translated as endridzomai. And so in the New Testament, when Paul takes that phrase and speaks it, he's basically speaking the ancient war cry of the Hebrew nation. That's pretty cool. So listen to Deuteronomy 31.7. So Moses is going to first speak it to the nation. Then he's going to turn to Joshua the one who is going to carry this commission into the land of promise. 
And he's an incredible picture of Jesus, of course, in multiple ways. It's sort of like Moses is a picture of the law. Jesus is a picture of grace. He's a picture of the second man, the, the man of grace, the last Adam. And even the name Joshua is actually the name of Jesus. That is his name, Yeshua. And it's the same name. It's just the Hebrew version of it. And so you have, and Moses called unto Joshua and said unto him in the sight of all Israel, be strong and of a good courage. There's the ancient war cry. He's commissioning. It's like, be a man, be manful, be full of all that a man is required to be full of. For you must go with this people unto the land which the Lord has sworn unto their fathers to give them, and you shall cause them to inherit it. So there's something inside of me that wonders if we have the equivalent of this in our modern Christianity. That when something is spoken to our soul, we immediately rise up. We grab our sword. That we pick up our shield and we're ready to move forward in battle. That we're ready to risk our lives. I feel like we may be missing this. That we may be shortchanged on something. This series is called The Muscular Christian. And I feel like if we're going to get our muscle back... We sort of need our ancient war cry back. We need to have something that stirs us to raise us up from our lethargy, from our self-stupor to say, Lord, I'm your man. You can call on me any time of day, any day of the week. I'm ready. I want that. And I know that you want it too. So there's a place after the Israelites cross the Jordan and they enter the land of promise. They're taking the land. And it's a great story. Okay. This is the book of Joshua and beyond. You have this incredible tale of this people that are going to inherit this land, this, this promised land. And there's a location called Makeda, which you could just call the place of the sheep master. It's interesting because that's its name. And what you have is a master of sheep. It sounds a little like God, doesn't it? Sounds a little like Jesus, the good shepherd. And so this is a place of mastery, though. And I've always seen it as an interesting thing that we are likened to sheep and that the enemy is likened to a wolf. And if you compare the two or you pit them against each other and we're betting, we're going to bet on the wolf. However, what if the sheep has a shepherd? Then suddenly the odds shift. And suddenly you go with the sheep. Why? Because he has something. He has a sheep master. And when the sheep has a sheep master, suddenly you have the picture of authority over the wolves, over that which has always kept us down as sheep. And so I think it's important that all of us sort of take a visit to Makedah today. And in this meditation, we recognize, okay, we're sheep. And God is wanting to give us a war cry. He's like, go, take those wolves. However, before we go to take on the wolves, we need to make sure we're in stride with the sheep master. So listen to Joshua 10. And all the people returned to the camp to Joshua at Makedah in peace. None moved his tongue against any of the children of Israel. Then said Joshua, Open the mouth of the cave and bring out those five kings unto me out of the cave. And they did so, and brought forth those five kings unto him out of the cave. The king of Jerusalem, the king of Hebron, the king of Jarmuth, the king of Lachish, and the king of Eglon. And it came to pass, when they brought out those kings unto Joshua, that Joshua called for all the men of Israel, and said unto the captains of the men of war which went with him, Come near, put your feet upon the necks of these kings. And they came near and put their feet upon the necks of them. Listen to what Joshua says to them. 
And Joshua said unto them, Fear not, nor be dismayed. Be strong and of good courage. He gave, gives them the ancient war cry. He basically, in the Greek, is saying, Endrizomai. Be men. Stick your foot on the necks of these kings. For thus shall the Lord do to all your enemies against whom you fight. And afterward, Joshua smote them and slew them and hanged them on five trees. And they were hanging upon the trees until the evening. And it came to pass at the time of the going down of the sun that Joshua commanded, and they took them down off the trees and cast them into the cave wherein they had been hid and laid great stones in the cave's mouth, which remain until this very day. There's a lot going on in this story, and I'm not going to try and dig up too much of that. However, I want to do sort of a cursory overview of it. And I want to see something that's happening. First of all, we have five kings. And these are the ones, the masters of this territory. This, this territory that we know is the land of promise. And yet it has been controlled by the powers of darkness. And these are the symbols of it. And this is even the territory of Judah, ironically. All five of those uh, kings are the ones that ruled in Judah, which is not to be overlooked considering Jesus is going to be the king of Judah, the king of the Jews. And so as a result, you see how Joshua, who's an incredible foreshadow, an incredible picture of Jesus to come, is going to have them in a cave. They are captured. They are under his authority. And he's going to bring them out. Now, he could easily, in front of everyone, stick his feet upon their necks. Why? Because they are under his feet. He has conquered the kings. He has defeated them. No one is going to wag their tongue at the Son of God. He has conquered the enemy. And that's our Jesus, right? But that's what we see in this picture of Joshua. No one is going to raise their hand against him. No one is going to wag their tongue against him. He has defeated them. And yet he doesn't stick his own foot on their neck. What he does is he calls the men of war to him and he gives them a commission, tells them not to fear, tells them not to be dismayed over their enemy. He says, look at your enemy. Is there any reason that you can give me why you should fear them? They are under my feet. Now, just imagine if Jesus is communicating this to you. You see, we have a lot of noise in this world. We have a lot of things that stand against the kingdom of heaven, a lot of things that are standing against Christianity, the church. And yet, do you remember that all of these have been defeated? That not one of them can stand and wag its tongue in his presence. The key for you is to, is to come to Makeda and remember that you are a sheep under the mastery of a shepherd. And that these kings have been brought out before you. They are a public spectacle. And, the, and your God wants you to take your spiritual foot and stick it on their neck. And he wants to whisper in your ear or maybe just shout to your soul, Rock, Hasak. And Dridzomai, rise up and be manful. Be manly in your deportment. Do not fear the enemy. Do not shrink back before his bluster. He is defeated. Now, what is going to take place is these are going to be hung on trees, and then they're going to be taken down at the going down of the sun and then thrown into a cave. Does that sound familiar? Something about that sounds familiar. You see, when Jesus goes to that cross, he is taking those five kings with him and he is defeating them. And though he leaves the cave, what does he leave behind? He leaves behind the five kings, condemned, judged. You see, the flesh, sin, death, 
All that has conspired against you is defeated and under the feet of our Lord. And yet we are in Christ by faith and therefore he is sharing with us his authority. If you want to function as a muscular Christian, you need to visit Mechadah. You need to come to the place of the sheep master and have him train your soul and tutor your soul in the fact that he has already won this victory. So Mechadah, the place where the sheep master has his sheep put their hooves triumphantly on the necks of the wolves. Every single one of us needs to be educated in the kingdom of heaven. We need to be tutored by the Spirit of God. And this is one of the most crucial, most elementary level understandings that we can have. And that is that Christ is victorious. He has won. He has ascended to the right hand of the Father. And all things have been placed under his feet. Every power, every authority is under his feet. Yet by faith, I am in Christ and I am seated in heavenly places in him. And therefore I share in his seated position. And as the body of Christ, I share his foot. And therefore he wants me to exert in this natural realm, his authority over the powers of darkness that would seek to take down his truth in this generation and dismantle what he has established. And yet we have been given weapons of warfare that are mighty to the pulling down of enemy strongholds. Welcome to Christianity, folks. It's high time we as the church awaken to our war cry. So this is a quote from a man named Stephen Pressfield. It's a book called The Warrior Ethos. Very fascinating. I don't think this guy's a believer. And yet he's giving sort of the history of war. And I found it very interesting. Listen to what Stephen says. In the era before gunpowder, all killing was of necessity done hand to hand. For a Greek or Roman warrior to slay his enemy, he had to get so close that there was an equal chance that the enemy's sword or spear would kill him. This produced an ideal of manly virtue. You know what that ideal of manly virtue was called? Andrea in the Greek. That prized valor and honor as high that prized valor and honor as highly as victory. It's interesting because this word that Paul is going to use that is basically the summation of the ancient war cry was a word that was cultivated in the Greek for warriors. And it was the hand-to-hand -hand combat. It was the willingness to go close to your enemy and fight hand-to-hand. -hand. And this produced an ideal of manly virtue called Andrea. Isn't that interesting? You think of Andrea as being a girl's name, but here, you know what it actually means? Manful. That's actually what it means. So this is the root of our word, Andridzomai. And so 1 Corinthians 16, 13 is going to say, watch, stand fast in the faith, quit you like men, be strong. Now I'm going to take that quit you like men, because that's our word, Andridzomai, and I'm going to read it the way Paul wrote it. Watch, stand fast in the faith, Andridzomai, be strong. You see, each one of us is called to actually stand up and stick our foot on the necks of those five kings. You see, those five kings, I'm sure there's some great symbolism we could go to that they're like the five major vices that were defeated at the cross. However, I don't think it hurts just to think of the vices or the hindrances or the ploys of the enemy that have worked specifically against you. You know, because there's different things that the enemy sort of specializes in in our lives. And I just want you to tag some of those right now. And I want you to spiritually allow God to prep your soul to stick your foot on the neck of it and to recognize that it isn't over you. It is under you. 
and that you no longer need to be subjected to it. You are not the enemy's plaything. You are a child of the Most High God. So here's an, a quote from an ancient Greek poet and mercenary. His name is Archilochus, and I'm sure I mispronounced that, but let's just move forward here. He says, be brave, my heart. Plant your feet and square your shoulders to the enemy. Meet him among the man-killing spears. Hold your ground. In victory, do not brag. In defeat, do not weep. Now, this is an ancient understanding and definition of Andrea, or what we would understand as Andrizomai, or being a man. Be brave, my heart. Plant your feet and square your shoulders to the enemy. Meet him among the man-killing spears. Hold your ground. In victory, do not brag. In defeat, do not weep. Isn't that great? I just love that. What a, an ancient definition of a word that we see Paul using and speaking to the church. Now, we have a spiritual battle. Our battle isn't against flesh and blood. But I tell you what, we need the same substance here, and that's a spiritual thing. So I'm, here's another quote from Stephen Pressfield from the Warrior Ethos. The ancients resisted innovation in warfare because they feared it would rob the struggle of honor. You see, what you're going to notice in war history is that the battle is going to get from hand to hand and it's going to begin to separate further and further. And the ancient warriors were horrified by this. They did not want innovation in warfare because there was something about the daring that was required to go face to face with your enemy and see him eye to eye that cultivated something in a man. That's at least the way they looked at it. So King Agus uh, it says that he wept and exclaimed this one statement, which I'm about to give you, when shown a new catapult, which could shoot a killing dart 200 yards. And when he saw that you could actually kill from 200 yards away, he wept and he said, alas, valor is no more. I think there's something that the ancient warrior understood that we may not. Because I think many of us as Christians are very happy if we can shoot a dart from 200 yards. And yet there's something about the ancient warrior that's going to say, actually, you're going to find something far greater when you're willing to step right into the battle, or in our case, go to Makedah and stick your foot, your spiritual foot on the neck. Don't just do it from a distance, like 200 yards away, go, yes, I believe that, God, that it's under, uh, it's under my foot. Actually, but to go to Makedah and say, God, teach me this truth. Show me. You speak to me personally, that ancient war cry. I want to hear it. You tell me to rise up and be manly, Lord. You see, this is his desire. He's our Joshua. And he wants to bring us to Makedah and show us that he has mastery over those wolves. So this is my final slide. This is a great enunciation of what Christianity is. We are little lambs with the faces of lions. Don't you like that? That's us. You see, yeah, we're lamb-like, we're loving, we're kind, we're good, you know, all those soft things. Yeah, we're little lambs, but guess what? We understand the position of our Christ, and we understand that those five kings are under his feet. And as a result, our little lamb hooves are ready to exert that authority when called upon. Welcome to muscular Christianity. Lord Jesus, cultivate this in us. We ask for that in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Daily Thunder is a listener-supported production of Ellerslie Discipleship Training. At Ellerslie, we are laboring to rouse the Church of Jesus Christ out of its lethargy and build brave-hearted Christians for such a time as this. Daily Thunder episodes are released every day, Monday through Friday, from our campus in Windsor, Colorado. 
and our weekly sermon is delivered live at 9 a.m. on Sunday mornings with a delayed live stream available at noon Mountain Time. Go to ellerslie.com forward slash daily to get all the details. Thanks for listening.